dedicated to the DC Arrowverse on the CW network. It saved this city. A Flash and Arrow podcast. And now here's your host, Matt Murdick. Save This City podcast, episode four of the podcast this week, covering Flash, season two, episode four, The Fury of Firestorm, written by, oh boy, all these young people that are now doing these shows, and I can never pronounce any of their names, Caillou Wu and Joe Paracino, I hope is how you say that. I apologize, Joe, if I mess it up. Directed by Stephen Plazinski, another one I probably just butchered, uh, and then Arrow, Season 4, Episode 4, Beyond Redemption, written by Beth Swartz and Ben Sokolowski, and directed by Lexi Alexander. My name's Matt Murdick. Uh, it's time to talk, start talking about these episodes, and I'm pleased to be joined by a good friend uh, for, gosh, many years now. We've done different podcasts about different television shows, either uh, with our own or separate, and it's a First time kind of officially on this podcast, even though you heard him in the bonus talk that we had released earlier this week. I welcome from the Donald is Lost podcast, the Reopening the X-Files podcast, Podtourage, the film list, and most notably a great podcast about the Game of Thrones television series podcast, Littlefell. We welcome, he's at Donald JR on Twitter, Donald. How's that for an introduction, buddy? <laughs> I can't even remember half the stuff you said. I can't either. I'm lucky that I got it out all in one phrase, man. Uh, I usually like to talk about Flash first, Donald, so why don't we just jump into that real quick. Uh, Any general impressions about the episode, and then we can talk about specifics. Uh, I mean, this particular episode had a lot of twists and turns in it. I I had no idea what was going to happen. I thought I could predict it, but it it totally threw me on my side for most of the episode. And and the ending was kind of crazy, too. (laughs) The ending was very crazy. Um, I'm not real thrilled about the shark guy. He didn't look so good to me, but uh, <laughs> but but now that you know, uh, we've talked about that before. Uh, you know, there's only so much television can do for visual effects, and it's at least a Doctor Who spec, so I'll give it that. But uh, the whole the whole Harrison thing. Why don't we just talk about him for a second? I was under the impression, like last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago. I think it was last week when Jay Garrick said he couldn't go through the vortex because of the speed thing. Did they fix that by stabilizing it, or is it that an implication that Harrison uh, has some speed abilities himself? I, I definitely think they fixed it because he was ready to go at the end. But That's I think true. Caitlin, yeah, Caitlin kind of convinced him otherwise. Okay. Now that makes sense because I'm just like thinking, well, then we've just got another. Because uh, my first thought was, is Harrison Zoom? you know, himself, just the same way that he was reverse Flash last season. Um, but then why would he help Barry, except unless he's just trying to play some kind of long game? It, it just seemed like, um, it seemed really weird to me that Harrison could get through without problem. And if the door is open that much, shouldn't they, somebody be monitoring that more closely? <laughs> well, that's the thing is, that I think the big breach was in Star Labs. Right. So, uh if, if Harrison's down there doing something in his version of that of that world, and then, you know the breach is open, he would probably be the only one that would know. Yeah, uh, that's true. You see, I'm not really sure how Star Labs works because they don't seem to have many employees working in at least in in this Earth, this Earth's version of it. I don't understand where they get the income from or anything, but it seems just to be Barry and his gang, 
in this giant lab and there's no one else working. But the other one seemed to be pretty well staffed and there was even like a tour mm-hmm. going on at that at the point when we did meet Harrison from that world. So I'm not sure what's going on. It's still a, a pretty big mystery, but I think the Zoom character is probably someone different mm-hmm. just from all of the all of the random uh, variables and circumstances that had to happen in this world for for Harrison to be uh, reverse Flash because it wasn't even Harrison. I mean, it was it was another guy from the future that kind of stole his image or stole his body. So right. I don't think that would happen in both worlds. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I'd question whether he was just another uh, Thawne uh, come back in time. I didn't know how parallel, you know, in time-wise the, the universes are. But I guess... Stein kind of explained that uh, when he was explaining the Earth too, that it's not just a different world of the same people, but it's a world of all the different possibilities. Um, so that's kind of the multiverse concept in the way. So it makes sense that this is the actual Harrison. Um, but why is he coming? Um, why did he come? And how did he know to steal that weapon? And why? And it just seems awful, awful coincidental that that wow. he happened to be in the right place at the right time. Those are questions I cannot answer. Uh, but he definitely seems to be monitoring whatever is going on in both worlds and to know what would kill that shark. Or maybe that shark came over from Earth, too. And maybe Harrison is just, in this in this particular world, maybe he's just a regular speedster or something. I don't know. But I, I, I really don't know. It's in, and it's hard to... It's the same as last year, where I thought I would figure something out and then they would throw something at us that would... Like, at, at one point, I figured out, okay... Harrison, last year I said, Harrison is the reverse Flash. We figured it out. We saw the costume. And then the reverse Flash comes and beats up Harrison. And I'm like, okay, I guess he's not. I don't know what's going on anymore. So it, it's those twists and turns. They obviously don't want you to figure it out, but it's it just kind of bothers me a little bit because I like to know stuff, but they're playing a the long game with it. Right. And I know that when me and you and Camille talked on the Once in a Blue Moon podcast, you said – uh, you pointed out that Flash tries to build mysteries where Arrow seems much more direct. Do you like uh, Do you like the approach of that? I do actually, and it's the same with this week's Arrow, where they'll they'll have a mystery, but it only it'll really only span a couple episodes, and then you'll figure out, okay, Damian Dark got his powers this way, or Captain Lance is working with Damian Dark, and then it's explained in the next episode why, right. and stuff like that. It's really the flashbacks that are, are the kind of the long game on that show. Agreed. Uh, what else about this episode? Uh, did you like the Tokamak character? Um, they kind of like the anti-Firestorm. I know that that Henry Hewitt and all that was taken from the DC Comics, but did you like the way that was realized on the show? Yeah, and and when they introduced both of those characters, I didn't I didn't immediately Google their names because I, I didn't I didn't want to know which one would end up being the other part of Firestorm. But I know I know in the comics there are several different characters that create Firestorm, so. Um, I kind of figured they'd go with the younger guy, though, just from it's a CW show. It's a kind of a teen show, and kind of figured they'd go with the younger guy as the, the one. Um, but, yeah, that's what I meant earlier when I said you know, they kind of played around with this because it seemed like the older guy was going to be him at first. Um, I didn't mind him that much. I didn't really understand how he got the powers. If he already had them and then uh, the, the sort of almost merge released it. Uh, but then they kind of, kind of said that his anger kind of controlled the power. But at the same time, he was like sucking power from power sources. So there was a lot of different things I didn't too much understand. But they needed a bad guy and they needed, they needed a, someone to fight for, for Firestorm to, I guess, 
to break in, break in the, the, um, the new body. So I didn't mind it as much, but if I pick at it a little bit, I could probably find a lot of problems. Yeah, I'll tell you what, just finding the compatible person for me was a little bit of a tough stretch because uh, not only did all that geno science that uh, Caitlin was spilling out uh, sound a little wacky to me, but uh, Daniel Pennebaker was saying it so fast that I couldn't even figure out what she was saying <laughs> to be able to call her out on it. Uh, so I don't know. I, I mean, I, I understand that in the comic book world, you got to have wacky science to make stuff work. I don't have a problem with that. It's just, yeah. you know, uh, I, you know me, Donald, as a person who likes to nitpick, I like to find those kind of things too, <laughs> to, you know, just to have a Matt's tomato over. Yeah. <laughs> That's understandable. I mean, it's, they ask you to accept a lot of things, and, and it's, at, least, at least in a flash, even in, in Arrow, it's starting to get bad, too. It's just like, oh, it's a computer. It can do anything. Just accept it. So you have to sort of do that for them to move the plot in a certain way and within the you know, 45-minute span. So I'm, I'm okay with it most of the time. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. Uh, how about the Iris stuff? Um, we find out now that uh, she might have a brother out there somewhere that could be Joe's kid. Um, and I, I guess Francine really is suffering from this McGregor's syndrome, which I think comes from, was that from Batman, from Mr. Freeze's wife or something like that? Didn't she have that McGregor's syndrome? Uh, it is possible. I would have to look into it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it boils down to the fact that there's this brother now and, I guess now Iris is going to have to keep this secret from her dad. Is that what she's going to do? Do you think she's going to tell Joe? What do you think? That's, that's what it looks like. To me, the first thing I thought was, okay, it's going to turn out that uh, the Jefferson guy is actually her brother. That's the first thing I thought about. Um, simply for the fact that they just introduced like two black guys into the show at the same point where Iris is saying that she has a brother. So mm-hmm. I was just thinking if they wanted to go that way, they probably could. Maybe it'll be a, a little too cheesy, but I don't know, but you you, you are sort of faced with a dilemma now because do you search for your brother now? You probably, being an investigative reporter, you have the capabilities to do so, but then you're going to have to protect your dad. And Iris and, and her dad are kind of both in the same place where they're faced with almost these impossible decisions where they have to protect the other person and just deal with the pain on their own. I think if they kind of talked about it with each other, that the two of them have a strong enough relationship where they could probably get through all that together, but they're too busy worried being so selfless that they're making it harder on on themselves. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, and that, you know, that plays into that whole CW family drama aspect, you know, gotta be some kind of angst going on between (laughs) the characters. Uh, and speaking of that, uh, what did you think of uh, Barry and Patty? Kind of, you know, Joe's even urging Barry now to he's pushing Barry towards Patty. So, what's going to happen with that? You think? Well, here's my problem. I like I like Patty a lot. Me too. Uh, she's she's a very cool character, and she's aggressive and she's proactive. I like her. She's fine. My only problem is, I could tell they were setting that up from the beginning when she was sort of like she knew everything about Barry. She was impressed with him and everything. I was like, okay, well, it's going to be some flirting happening this season. But my problem is that Iris and Barry have both seen the newspaper that they get married in the future. But they aren't pursuing a relationship in any kind of way. I think that they both know on some level that they like each other. I think that was revealed last season, too. But they're not, they're just ignoring it just for the sake of the script says we can't get together yet. 
So to me, I don't think they're behaving in any any realistic way. I understand that there is there is a certain point where you take a break or you take a step back. You know, my fiance just died. I'm not going to immediately, you know, pursue a relationship with you. But at the same time, like they're ignoring the fact that they saw, you know, the the paper or whatever it was, the um, the headline yeah. said they were married, and they know it's going to happen. So why not have a discussion between the two characters about it? Yeah, that's a great point, you know, and uh, because of that, you know that discussion is coming uh, right at the time that Barry is all of a sudden really liking Patty, right? I mean, that's that's yeah. the way that's the way the CW works. That's the mandate. It's like, got to have a love triangle. Uh, I've, I've complained about that many a times. I'm sure you've heard me complain about that on uh, when we've talked before. But uh, yeah, so it'll be real convenient. Iris will finally be able to move on uh, and be with Barry right about the time that Barry has moved on and is with someone else with Patty. So uh, yeah, I do like the Patty character too. Um, I wonder though. I worry that that puts Patty in a great deal of peril because she is kind of the third wheel as the season rolls along. Yeah, yeah. and and I like I said, I like that character. So I'm just wondering, like, is she doomed to be one of those? One of those classic um, television one-season characters, and then they come up with some reason to leave at the end of the season, or they just die. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Back to the whole Iris thing. I, I don't know if you saw the interview with uh, uh, Kreisberg online, but he did reveal who the brother is and how that plays in the larger comic mythology. I don't know if I want to say it on the podcast. If you, if you guys are into the comics, I think you all know. Really? I, I don't know anything about that, so... Uh, All right. I wouldn't imagine you wouldn't imagine you would want to say it any anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> okay. uh, but yeah, um it it looks like uh it looks like there's going to be some interesting developments as far as the brother goes. It's something that was dangled out there for a good reason. Let me just put it that way. Um anything else on the flash? What what else to hit you on the flash, sir? The Cisco stuff kind of in the background right now. But that's been going on all season. I'm not sure what his power is, but the fact that it's such a such a uh, powerful power, I, I understand the need to suppress it and not have it be the solution to every episode because he could easily just do that, and and that would be the solution to every single episode. Is that oh, Cisco knows where they are, just morph into that whatever you do, and yeah. then find them. So I, I understand the need to suppress it, and then, but I'm not sure how it works or why it's activated just at certain times, so uh, sort of a mystery. Um, I'm a little intrigued about, but like I said, it's way too powerful of a power. Yeah, it could really tip the scales um, and and make it less parallel. It's kind of hard to feel any peril for any of these characters at any time. I, I, that's one comparison that I have between this show and Arrow, is that with Arrow, I, I do feel the peril of those characters. You know, I worry. Um but I don't always worry so much with the Flash characters. How about you? Yeah, because it's such a lighthearted show. I think that if anybody ever did die, it would probably have more of an impact. But I think the chance of them dying is significantly lower. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Absolutely. Um, as far as the Cisco thing goes for me, I don't... Uh, you know, it seems like he gets these flashes, what, of, of the past or maybe uh, the the possibly the future. I don't know if he's seen anything in the future or not. We know that he saw the difference between the two different uh, the universe that was before uh, Barry went back in time and the universe that was after in last season. 
Um, and then I s- seem to remember Thawne saying something about the fact that uh, it happened because of him or something that he did or the fact that Cisco was at the plant when it went off the first time. But I, I don't know why it's just manifesting itself now. Um, like you said, I'm glad they're kind of suppressing it right now. Um, plus, that's a pretty good character struggle for him because, you know, does he tell everybody? Does he not? Uh, I find it interesting that Stein knows. I wonder if Stein will just come out and tell everybody at some point. Well, he's gone now, so I don't think he will anytime soon. Not anytime um, soon. Yeah. <laughs> the, the problem I have with that is another problem that I have with these just TV in general. And it happened It happened this week on Arrow as well. It's like when something big happens, uh, the characters feel the need to hide it from everyone to kind of force a little bit of tension and drama. Yeah. And like just tell just tell each other <laughs> that the same thing with Sarah is like, okay, we brought her back to life, and then the first thing Laurel says is, let's not tell anyone. I'm like, oh, here we go. Right. So you just have to just wait for everybody to find out. Yeah. Speaking of Stein being gone, uh, do you think that this now that we've got a new character emerging with him, with uh, Stein, uh, does this mean there's there's not going to be any more Ronnie? Is Caitlin going to finally get to move on? And I don't know end up with Jay somehow? Oh, that's a good question because we all know about the Legends of Tomorrow. And right. I'm pretty sure anybody looks at the casting, they would just know, you know, where some of these characters from both shows are leaving at some point. But um, I don't think Ronnie's dead. I don't think he's dead at all. Uh, I think he's probably in the, the second Earth. Ah. That's what I think right now is that he's in the second Earth somewhere. And possibly he might be going through the same issues that Stein is going through, and maybe he found somebody to merge with over there. So I, oh. I don't know, but um, I think uh, I think Stein is going to be in the Legends of Tomorrow. So it's possible that both of those characters either are, are gone off Flash for good now, or next time we see them, it'll be sort of the setup for that show. Wow, right on! Can you put a number on this week's Flash, Donald? Oh, okay, no problem. I'll give it an eight out of ten. Thought it was really good. It had some uh, interesting moments. And, of course, the reveal of Harrison, that got me really excited because I know next week we're going to have to address it. Yes, absolutely. Next week we're going to have to address it. Even the previews uh, are kind of interesting about that if you guys have seen them. Uh, I'm like you. I'm, I'm right in the 8 range. I'm actually going to go a little higher than you, 8.2. I thought it was it was good. It's not my favorite episode of the season so far, but it was definitely very good. Uh, Arrow. Uh, the new layer is pretty darn awesome. <laughs> But all of these like glitches and everything, do you think that's just that's just a first time run? I can't see Cisco putting anything together that shoddy myself. I, I worry about those glitches being a, a running a running thing throughout the season. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that that's that's Palmer trying to communicate with Felicity. That's why ever since she had the phone uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I'm I'm pretty sure he's somewhere trying to communicate with her to let her know that he's that she's that he's okay yeah that that probably is it because i i was thinking you know they did this whole bit with her phone this week with curtis and um it just didn't seem like it was just for the last message and i what i don't understand is um how they're going to make all of that work uh now that we've got the lazarus pit gone thank you thank you or, or seemingly so uh, uh 
then uh, I guess they have to find all these different other ways to to uh, bring back everybody. It's going to be one of those things where I worry about that, though, Donald. I worry about, you know, I do like feeling peril for these characters in this particular show. And uh, now they've brought Sarah back. And I think you and I talked to you said on the Once in a Blue Moon podcast, you felt it was very, uh, you know, that was a meaningful death. And, and now they've kind of taken that away. I'm worried they're going to do that for a lot of characters uh, because it is a comic book world. So you can do that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you follow comics in any type of way, you know, that when someone dies, they're, they're going to come right back or a couple of years from now, they're going to come back and they're with this big elaborate story. I mean, people hardly ever stay dead in comics. It's just, it just doesn't happen. Um, the, the thing about Palmer though, I don't think he ever died. I, th- I mean, if you know anything about Adam, you know that everybody was waiting for him to start shrinking because that's what he does. And they played it while he was on Arrow. They played it like he was just Iron Man and he just had the suit. And then they kind of mentioned that he was working on the possibility of shrinking the suit. So I think he's just shrunk somewhere and he's just too small and no one knows where he is. So he's using whatever technology he could find to communicate. But I don't see why they have to play it that he died. And the same with Ronnie, because I don't think Ronnie's dead, but they have to play it that they died. And to me, while there's characters that actually did die and come back, it just seems like it seems like every, they're just playing that everyone's dead, and then there's just different ways they're just going to come back, and then it sort of cheapens the the idea of death in the in the show. Yeah, I agree. What what was the big thing for you on this uh, Arrow episode? You know, honestly, I think the scene with with Lance and um, and Oliver was really good from an acting standpoint. I thought they both they both did a really good job, and you can see the weight that uh, Captain Lance has on his back, and it, it just it comes out in the way the character is just acting lately, and he's just a really he's in a really dark place for the past few seasons. And uh, I've always called him the anti Joe from the Flash because Joe is just having the best time doing what he's doing, and he's enjoying every moment of. It. He's always laughing with Barry, and he's just he's just enjoying himself. But you, you see Lance, and just Lance is just. It looks like at any moment he could just jump off a cliff. <laughs> and yeah. seeing that weight, and then when Oliver came in, the, the different type of Oliver that we have this year, where he's sort of fighting back that darkness a little bit more. And he's last last week. I don't know if you caught it, or it might have been the week before that. There was a scene where they were all fighting. All the, the guys were fighting together, and Oliver is standing on this like ledge, and he just gives the biggest smile, like he's just so happy with what's going on. He's watching everybody fight and and you know kick butt. And and I hadn't seen that from that character at all. And when I saw him smile, it gave it made me smile a little bit. So seeing those two characters come together at that point where Oliver sees the uh, you know Lance talking to Damian Dark, and it kind of brings out a little bit more darkness in him because he knows he has to go and confront Lance now. So seeing that Oliver that's sort of different now have to go back a step and be dark while watching Lance, who is gradually getting darker. And the two of them, you know, meet up and just kind of explode. And then, and I thought that scene was very, very powerful. Yeah, I really like that scene too. And and speaking of Oliver being a little more lighthearted, uh, one of my favorite little, and it was just one word. It, it was when uh, the the sergeant was uh, saying, "Is that all you got?" And then he unleashes the arrow with the with the ropes, and he says, "Nope." <laughs> it, you know, <laughs> that's not something old Arrow would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I love that. Um, but. I, I totally agree with you. You know, this was very much uh, Blackthorn's episode, Paul Blackthorn's episode, you know, Captain Lance's episode. But um, 
it took that I think it took that moment from Oliver to to really you know make him realize where he was at. Not that he hadn't realized that he was in trouble with Dark in the first place uh, by that point, but um, I, I don't I didn't see him as being anybody who felt like he could fight back until he had that talk with Oliver, right? Yeah, I think that he was, he sort of felt like he was stuck in the position that he was in, and I never saw it from the moment the moment like they they explained it pretty quick why he was working with Dark. So I never saw it as, oh, okay, this is something that, that um, he willingly went into the situation and, and made a deal with the devil. I never saw it as that. So mm-hmm. I wasn't too worried, but I was worried how Oliver would see it and what Oliver would do. All right. How did you feel about the, 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 the police force uh, working against the grain, just trying to work on their own? I mean, did that work as, for you as a villain this week? or I actually didn't mind it. I liked it a lot, actually. I liked I liked it from the standpoint of it's it's building a another character which is the city, and uh, we talk about that a lot, uh, especially like with um, shows like Batman where Gotham City is a character in its own self. So they're sort of playing it up that Star City, and and she mentioned you know everybody's leaving the city. It's really really bad. You know things are bad, and we we you know we're looking for a hope. We're looking for a savior and stuff like that. So that did a little bit for me in in helping build the city as a character and started building the motivation of Oliver uh, wanting to be mayor, as well as, you know, his vigilante. I don't know how that's going to work. Both are pretty much full-time jobs. So I'm not sure how that's going to work, how that, where that plot is going. But to me, having those, those cops sort of make a decision to do that stuff and then, you know, kill other cops and steal drugs and then at the same time say, we're not criminals. I thought that was a little funny, <laughs> but, uh, it, it, it did sort of build a character. I didn't like how easily the 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 lady surrendered herself at the end. Mm-hmm. I figured she would at least try to run away, but it, it just seemed like uh, you know Lance made a speech, which was great, great speech, and then she just turned herself in. It just seemed kind of weird to me, but it had to happen. And it, yeah. it should, we might not see the last of her because they there was a shot of her in the interrogation room at the end. So maybe there's some more to be told with that. Maybe there is. Maybe there is. That would be very interesting to see how that character. Uh, carries on in this world if this situation turns her around or if it makes her darker um, that would be very interesting to see even if Lance's speech did convince her for the moment uh, conveniently you know it doesn't mean that uh, other things aren't stewing around in her brain I'd love to see that Um, I want to talk about Thea for a second here and it kind of relates back to Sarah but Thea as a campaign manager, all of a sudden Thea has all these abilities that we never knew she had. I mean, we knew she could run a business, I guess. She ran uh, Veridan okay for a while. Uh, but man, she's she's got a, a she's got an awful lot of talent. Now she's a speechwriter, uh, a campaign manager. Um, it, it just seems kind of interesting to me. And all the while, now Sarah is in the wind. I can't help but feel like Thea is more in peril than ever before. Yeah, I was worried about Thea from the moment they brought her back. Yeah. Cause she didn't, she never seemed the same. And she, she was always kind of on the edge and I totally like, they got us a little reminder that she used to be, you know, on drugs, which I totally forgot about <laughs> that little, um, plot line that used to be in the show. But right. Yeah. That she's always been on the edge and she's always been a little worrisome, but I always thought when she became the, the arrow, red arrow or uh, speedy, that that sort of secured her for a little while. But now I'm not so sure. I don't know. And uh, the the fact that when when Sarah came back and the words that Merlin said about the bloodlust and you know what what can cure it, which is pretty much taking out the person that took that 
you know, killed you. Yeah. That to me, that sort of sealed the, either the fate of a big showdown at some point or Thea's going bye-bye. Yeah. Which makes you think about that darn gravestone flash forward uh, in the very first episode. It's just, we're still trying to figure out who's on that, who's on that gravestone, whose name is on that gravestone. And the idea that we know, we know Katie Lotz is going to the Legends show as well, which um, I'm still not sure if that's going to be a real, like a, a full show or just like a limited run. Uh, I don't think anyone, there's a, nothing solid on that yet. But the fact that that starts in, you know, in January sometime tells me that, 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 that particular thread between Thea and Sarah will have to be resolved in, in a um, short amount of time. Yeah. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. And we'll have to see how that all plays out. Um, speaking of Sarah, uh, I mean, is you brought it up during the flash portion of the of the podcast. Uh, Laurel, I assume, is the person you were talking about keeping secrets um, that yeah. ultimately can hurt people in the long run. I mean, Laura even bring, bringing uh, Sarah back to Star City just... I was just like, oh, man, couldn't you have taken her anywhere else? I mean, knowing, well, she doesn't, does she know, she doesn't know that Thea killed Sarah, or does she? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think Oliver revealed that bit to everyone. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, I remember Thea, uh, Thea did tell Sarah. She went right up to Sarah and told Sarah to kill her at one point. But I don't, I don't know if any of that, any of that ever um, went over to Laurel. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if Laurel has wind of that or not, but um, yeah, it, Laurel is uh, again uh, making mistakes, it, and it's so uh, interesting to me that it was cloaked in the fact that she was telling her dad, you know, I never want us to have secrets again. Basically, you know, after last year, uh, uh, and then here it is, uh, she's keeping secrets from the people that can probably most likely help. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that she told her, the fact that she told her dad. Was, it, it worried me a little bit because he's really unstable at this point. And even at one point last year, he wanted to take them all down. So I don't, I didn't know how he was going to react to seeing her. And then, but he pretty much was going to kill her. <laughs> I don't know if he would have went through with it if Laura wouldn't have came in or not, but I mean, to even get yourself to that point is pretty dark. Very dark. Uh, it, it seemed like he almost was feeling like he'd had, had no way out. I, I just wonder if he could have gone through with that if he'd have stuck around himself or if he'd have killed himself right afterwards. Because um, he seemed to be in that kind of a dark place, you know? Yeah. What else about the, the Arrow episode hit you? Well, I, I didn't get to talk about some of the earlier episodes, but uh, how do you feel about the, the Diggle's costume? <laughs> if you can call it a costume. <laughs> <laughs> Boba Fett. <laughs> That's yeah, what I call it. Sort of a Boba Fett Magneto type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know what to think of it. I don't know. Someone, I mean, there's a lot of theories on what he would be, but he just seems to be just a no specific DC character at this point. Yeah. And just, I don't know. I'm glad that he is wearing something over his face because it's kind of obvious. I mean, even at this point, he's he's playing Thea's bodyguard again. And he's standing on the corner right there while Oliver's having his conference. And Oliver's already been on suspicion twice for being the Green Arrow. Like, if someone just sees just Diggle just hanging around the Green Arrow, it's pretty obvious. So, right. at some point, he had to he had to do something. I'm just I'm not just sure what the design of it is. It looks kind of cool at times, and then today, when I watched it, it just looked like it was just the front of a mask with a strap on the back. 
and I, I was like, oh, I thought it was a full helmet, but I, I'm not even sure. But it just seems to be a sort of a half helmet with a leather jacket. Yeah. And every, everyone else has these cool, elaborate costumes, and they just made him a helmet. I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I, I got to be honest, uh, it, it's so unremarkable that I don't really even pay that much attention to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> But at the same time, you know, I, I can see where uh, it might generate some interest in, well, does that mean he's going to become somebody or whatever? But just speaking to the last episodes, I'm glad Diggle and Oliver finally buried the hatchet. That was getting a little annoying. I was worried that was going to be something that they were going to carry over longer. I'm glad they got rid of that so that it really kind of played up to the end of this episode with the whole thing about uniting um, really well as well. So, you know, kind of carry over from last week into this week. And uh, speaking of the end of the episode, uh think Oliver's going to make a good mayor? I mean, he's obviously going to win, right? I think there's going to be some attempts on his life. And either that'll, that'll uh, give them the motivation that he needs to go through with it, or, or I think he's just going to pass the mantle on to somebody else at some point. Uh, I, but I don't see I don't see him being mayor by day, Green Arrow by night, realistically, in, in even in a TV show world. I don't see that being something that he can handle. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, but he's got to win. Thea's his campaign manager. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Some, if I know this show, something's going to happen because it. I know they said they'd be a lighter tone this year, but this is a dark show. And everybody's a little too happy at this point, even though there is there is some stuff happening. Like there's dark stuff happening. I mean, it's 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 definitely a lighter show than before. But I think it's all going to get turned on its side. I mean, this is the same show that that had uh, in, in the second season had uh, Oliver and Thea like you know watch their mom get stabbed through the heart with a knife or with a sword. So, yeah, and I didn't slayed. expect that at all. Right, I didn't so, either. I, mean, I think something something's going to turn it turn everything on its side. Something just about has to, um, a couple of, uh, you know, one of my big things last week was I loved Felicity, like <laughs> barely handling a machine gun just well enough to create cover. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I forgot that Thea knows about, I guess knows about the, the, uh, the wedding ring or the engagement ring, right? She's the only one who knows. So that was kind of funny that that came up at the beginning of the episode, um, and I guess Felicity's still clueless that Oliver was going to ask her to marry him, which seems a little weird. Um, yeah. I thought he would have found, found the time to do that. Maybe, maybe Oliver thinks right now that because they're back and they're in this thing, he can't, he can't go ahead and go through with it. But nonetheless, uh, I don't know. I was, I was a little moved by Felicity, uh, starting to listen to Ray's, uh, last words, um, when she was starting to cry, I felt bad for, her. um, I just did. I, I did. I did, but I didn't because I know he's not dead and I'm pretty sure she's going to see something on that or hear something on that tape for the mere fact that they said that she had never listened to it. So I think she's going to hear something on that tape that makes her see that he's alive or, or something to make her at least investigate it a little deeper. Right. But, um, okay. what, what you were saying about the wedding is interesting because if that, situation presents itself later and we have the lingering fact that Oliver has a kid somewhere. Would that present present itself and would that cause a you know, some something between the two of them? Very interesting. Yeah, I had I had forgotten about that. That was from a the Flash episode, right? Where he 
Yeah, I think yeah, we got that yeah. little reveal at the, in a flash episode. Yeah. You know, all these little crossovers make it tough for me to keep track of things sometimes. But yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. That would create uh, another CW mandate. <laughs> what else you got on this episode, sir? Anything? Um, Not that I can think of at the moment. I mean, uh, Sarah, Sarah escaping. That's pretty interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know where she is now or what eventually I guess they're going to have to tell. Unless Laurel tries to go find her herself, which I don't think is a good idea, because as good as they make Laurel appear to be as a fighter now, I don't think she's any match for the, the original Canary. Right, exactly. So I, mean, I think Sarah, especially Farrell, Sarah can definitely take her out pretty quick. Yeah, being a, a former League of Assassin and and being as feral as she is right now with no remorse and and probably no care for self preservation. Uh, I don't think that Laurel would stand a chance with her. Speaking of League of Assassins, now we have the uh, origin. Do you think that the fact that Damien Dark is part was part of the League of Assassins is that the origin of all of these kind of strange powers that he has? I'm I'm still thinking there's going to be a reveal on the island at some point. They'll yeah. show us that. And it was just Oliver's. I've seen things, and he just kind of left it at that. So, and we haven't seen him see things yet. So I'm assuming. At some point on the island, he's going to see things. Yeah, and he's got something, and Dark has something in a box, which I'm sure will relate back to the island somehow by the end of the season or by the end yeah. of these flashbacks. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, and I do remember it was like uh, right after Oliver and uh, Diggle encountered Dark on the train, um, mm -hmm. he said I'd seen something, or he described Dark as as having something mystical and then he said he saw something and then we went to the flashback right where he was back on the island yep, yep. so it makes yep. sense that it connects like that yes sir uh you got a number for the arrow this week oh arrows 8.5 out of 10 arrows arrows always good arrows always good i'm going 8.4 just right underneath you um oh, okay. uh, I'm, I'm close but not quite there uh decimal points aside feedback your thoughts on this week's episodes got an email from justin if you want to hear it okay sure it says okay so flash was a great episode probably my favorite of the season so far i love the whole thing with the two firestorms and the team having to find the right match and whatnot it's kind of classic writing is it not that the two options presented one who is a seemingly perfect match is and is willing and excited it turns out to be absolutely wrong for the gig and lashes out in a negative way because of it and effectively becomes a villain whereas the one who is initially reluctant and quite opposite of the other becomes the hero nonetheless it was fun to watch all go down the scientist shaping up to be a hothead literally and having to be put down to the mechanic embracing fate and learning to become Firestorm. Question, though. Uh, is Ronnie gone for good or no? I'm not sure. And if he does return in whatever capacity, the implications of that will be interesting for sure. The side plot with Iris and her mother, I don't have a problem with. It builds up character outside of Team Flash and gives the actress more material. But where is it going? There seems to be this idea that Iris might have a brother or Joe having a son, which could be interesting in itself. Family drama is always good and all, but other than that, I can't really think how this would move the overarching story forward. Maybe it's not necessarily supposed to. Maybe it's something just to further develop the Iris character, and that's okay. 
Was I the only one who flinched when Sharkman stuck his arm out through the side screen and snatched up Barry by his throat? Poor guy was helpless, and Patty would have been helpless as well if that sneak Harrison Wells didn't show up with his strange but cool new weapon. Again, overall, great episode. It was definitely my favorite so far. All right, uh, Justin, we covered the Ronnie thing. We kind of covered uh, a little bit about the Iris brother thing. Uh, any thoughts about the flash part of Justin's email, Donald? Yeah, I just I just kind of peeked at, <laughs> at the interview you told me about, and I saw who the brother was, so that's very interesting. Yeah, I thought I so, too. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to say anything about it, but uh, yeah, I thought it was very interesting. Of course, Ronnie, I don't think Ronnie's gone. I don't know if he's going to be on the Legends show or if he's just the Stein character, but I I like the idea of, of Ronnie coming back and having to merge with this Earth 2 Harrison Wells. I think that would be kind of cool if that happens, but uh, that's that's sort of wishful thinking. Um, well, what was the last the last question he asked? Do you remember? Um, oh yeah, the, um, at first I thought that was Grodd when I saw the hand grab there, and yeah, I did I did jump too. <laughs> it came out of nowhere. It came, and, and to be fair, I think the CG on that shark probably looked a little better than the Atom Smasher, mostly because it was at night and they can hide stuff a little better. Yes, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mind it as much as Atom Smasher. It did look kind of cartoony, but um, he's taken out pretty quick anyway. So I guess it, it was, it was okay. If there was a full episode about the Shark Man, then it probably would have looked weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that just I'm just glad Barry ran after the guy and stopped him because I was like, Oh great. They're just gonna be a bunch of narrow misses for you know, like the next four or five episodes before they actually meet. But it looks like we get to see it next week. Excellent. Um on the arrow, uh Justin goes on to say, Did we get our first you have failed the city of the season? I feel like we haven't heard it in a while because I can't recall. I'm so forgetful with these shows. Uh for example, I can't even remember what happened to Verdant. Oliver and Thea's club from the Glades. Uh, anyway, the new Arrow Cave is awesome. Just saying, it was so good to see Rutina Wesley, aka Tara Thornton, Thornton from the True Blood, on my television again. I enjoyed her in the new in the role. I wonder if this was just a one-off or if we'll be seeing more of her. Oliver running for mayor at Palmer Tech's expense, which is good for him. I hope he wins. It might be fun to have him balance both a day and night job. Uh, Sarah is on the loose. Of course, she is probably going to hunt down that murdering Thea, which is a confrontation that I am here for. Yay. Uh, Great couple of episodes this week. Flash. Oh, how could I not mention the shirtless Oliver doing ladder lunges? It made its return, and and I, as well as Felicity, are thankful for it. Okay, until next week. Bye. Uh, Right on. So, uh... What did happen to Verdin? I can't remember. Was it just that that place was discovered? Uh, was it Slade that discovered it? Is that why they had to leave? Or, I think I remember Captain Lance. I thought he told Lance where it was, and they raided it. And that's when he, when he that's when he found that that you know Oliver was an arrow, and he tried to bring him down, and they had to fake the death of um, what's his name? I forgot it already. It's sad. Oh, <laughs> the original uh, Roy. Arrow. Roy. Roy. Yeah. Roy. yeah. Yeah, I think that led to all of that, and I don't I don't know if we ever ever got a, res- a full resolution, or if it's just if Palmer Technologies bought it out or, or something. I don't know. Right on, right on. Um, seems to like the idea of Oliver not getting any sleep. I 
don't know if I do. <laughs> um, they seem to see a, a Sarah uh, Thea confrontation coming up. And what else is in this? Oh, uh, Rutina Wesley. You watched True Blood, right? I never really got into True Blood. Yeah, I watched it. I watched it. When I saw her, I thought, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And she, was, she also did a little stint in, in Hannibal in the last season of Hannibal, so... Oh, Good to see her getting, you know, getting extra work. And um, like I said, the way they left it, they gave us a little glimpse of her, you know, uh, interrogation room. So I don't know if that's the end of her yet. I'm right. not sure. All right. Well, uh, that's it for the feedback. Thanks again, uh, folks, for for listening. And Donald, once again, thank you very much for joining me. Any final thoughts about the episode before we sign off? Uh, no. I mean, the, the seasons have both been great. I love the world that they're building. It's really like one big show. So uh, as long as they keep doing that, I think they'll be okay for another five, six years. And knowing the CW, they probably both get 11 seasons. So <laughs> The CW does tend to do that with shows that uh, do well early on, don't they? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, very good, very good. All right, well, uh, Donald is at DonaldJR on Twitter. Follow him. He's a great follow about uh, all things funny and all things television. Uh, one of my favorite follows. Oh, and all things NBA. Uh, so, uh, great guy to great guy to follow on Twitter, and uh, you'll be back with us next week, I hope, with Camille. Yes, that's the plan. I'll be back. Oh. All right, and don't forget save this city podcast at gmail dot com at save this city pod on Twitter, or you can call three one four six six nine one eight four zero and leave a voicemail. This is Matt. See ya. Find all back episodes and all contact links at SaveThisCityPodcast.wordpress.com. If you have feedback, you can leave a voicemail by calling 314-669-1840, or send email to SaveThisCityPodcast at gmail.com, or tweet us at SaveThisCityPod. Please leave the podcast a written review on whatever app that you use.